Welcome into the iHeartWolves podcast. I'm your host, Trip Wagner. Follow me on Twitter at NotDWolfson. Very, very special guest as free agency has just begun from the Mackie and Judd show, executive producer Declan Goff. Heavy emphasis on executive, uh, a title I am very far away from achieving in my existing role. Follow him on Twitter at Dex Tweets. And as always, listen to the Mackie and Judd show. Declan, thanks for hopping on. Thank you for uh, for having me. I think you just got to hit up the real D Wolf. I'm Doogie Wolfson on Twitter and just ask for the executive title of not D Wolfson. And if he grants it, I mean, <laughs> I know pay grade, pay grade wise, you know, Char on your end, you have to straighten out, but at least you could have the title. And I think it's probably at least worth work, uh, reaching out to Doogie to see if you can get it. I'm going to fire Doogie a text right after this and request <laughs> it and, and let him know you gave me the go ahead on that. So, uh, no, I appreciate you hopping on. We'll hop right into it. Really just kind of want to pick your brain on all things Timberwolves. And obviously free agency just started. Um, so we'll just, we'll get rolling. What initially, uh, what are your thoughts on the Ricky Rubio move? You know, when, when he got traded back here, what was that nine months ago on, on the last draft day, it was an exciting time. Um, Ricky kind of had a, what I thought was a resurgence in, in Utah and in Phoenix. And, you know, he was, he was very hyped up here and he was a nice complimentary player, but maybe not, um, lived up to his potential and also at the same time I think a little bit of a misunderstood player in his first tenure with the Wolves so when he came back I thought it'd be a lot a lot better situation but you know you know with with the COVID protocols and some things that was happening behind the scenes and it just it didn't seem like a fit again for him and um, for them to at least get another big in here and get another shooter out of it I think it's a fair deal I know him and Ant were super close um, and that's a big deal that can be not really quantifiable sometimes in a box score and statistics or wins and losses um, but in general, for a second round pick and getting another guy with a shooter that can that that's a big man that can shoot, I think you have to take that trade as a win, and especially to that room. Um, I, I think in general, it I would have liked Ricky to for it to work out in his second run with the Wolves, but uh, I, I think Gerson made the right call to move on from. I agree. I don't think he was good in Minnesota. I think he was really bad. Um, you can liken it to I know he was maybe not in great shape, COVID, et cetera, but he just wasn't good. Um, I thought maybe hold on to him, see if we could have packaged him for something else, but I will uh, hold off judgment for the time being. Um, and to that point with Rosas, what, what's his next move? Like, obviously it was clear Rubio was probably on his, on his way out, which it did happen. But um, at this point, you know, limited options, obviously Jaden McDaniels is a big piece that I don't think a lot of people would want to part with unless it's in a Ben Simmons type deal. Um, but just top of mind, if, if you're Rosas, I mean, what, what, is, what are you doing next to improve this roster here during free agency? I think um, I think what you would what you'd like to do, and I think it's also that's realistic to do, is find a, a true rim protector and find a five and, and make Cat play the four. Um, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be big backs, basketball X's and O's guy at the same time, but I do think Cat, although has made strides defensively, is still very limited. And he's someone that needs a five in there that can be a big rim protector, grab more boards. And obviously, you know, Cat can hit any shot from anywhere on the offensive side. But the Wolves need to get better defensively. And even with the NBA becoming a more shooting-friendly league and emphasis on three-point shooting, you need someone down there to help the Wolves defensively. I mean, no matter how much fun it can be dreaming up scenarios of, you know, with D'Lo, Cat, and Nat all on the same floor, um, that sounds like a lot of fun, and we really haven't seen it a lot uh, last season because of the injuries and bad timing and whatnot. But if you can find a big defender, you know, I don't know if that's Miles Turner, um, trying to find someone that can help out at the five and be a rim protector, take pressure off Cat, and just improve you at least marginally defensively. I think that's that that has to be like the next move for Rosas. If he wants to make a big thing and shake things up, 
you know, do something with Ben Simmons or, you know, put in a put in a bigger call for someone else. I'm all for it. I like it. Uh, but I think realistically, I think that is the next move is finding a rim protector and a solid five that can take some burden off a cat. I, yeah, I hear you. I think, um, yeah, it's a fine line. You know, ultimately we'd have limited assets. If we're going to move them, it better be for something real. And, and, you know, ultimately our defense is non-existent. So pretty much anyone that can play defense would be an incredible addition at this point. So completely agree with you there. Uh, with that being said, all things considered, they add a defensive anchor or two. You know, no, nothing crazy. Don't have a ton of money. Maybe a sign and trade. You think? You think they're a ten seed? If they can get the right pieces in place and things start to fall in, yes, I think they can be a ten seed and absolutely compete uh, for that. I, I mean, I, I know Timberwolves basketball has been mostly um, some brutal years for the last twenty years, and even when things were good with Jimmy Butler, it still wasn't as fun as it should have been. I think in general, though, even with the West just being an absolute juggernaut of, of teams, I do think they should be able to compete. With with Cat here and D'Lo here and Ant, injuries aside, um, I was bullish on Ryan Saunders. It, it obviously did not work here. Uh, but what Chris Finch was able to do over the last dozen games or so, taking over as head coach, um, I think it's a more modern and more more realistic style of NBA. And I, I, I think that the Timberwolves should be able um, to compete for a top 10 spot. There's no question why they can't. And so I, I would, I, when basketball's good in this town, it's great. I'm a big hockey yep. guy, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm well aware that when basketball's good in this town, it's only going to be good things for the rest of the sports scene. So if they can compete for it, they, they have the roster and they should absolutely be able to compete for a 10 seed. I agree. And I, I think I'm overly confident every year in the roster, no matter who it is. Like looking back two years ago at that roster, I don't know why I thought it was so good. Um, I kind of eat my own words every year. But to that point, uh, for me, I'm high on our big three of Cat, Ant, D'Lo, right? I know there's no real defense there, but, you know, those are three guys that can light it up offensively. Um, so to me, we didn't see them all together. In the limited time we did, they looked great with the complimentary pieces around. Um, do you think that's a sustainable big three that you can build around to to ultimately not only be a 10 seed, but like ultimately progress from 10 seed to, you know, top five seed in the West? I think so. Um, I the, the issue is finding the sup. I think the big three is in place. Obviously, we know it's Cat D'Lo and Ant. And yes, I do think that's a big three that can work. And especially to Ant as the wild card. D'Lo will not play defense. We just know who D'Lo is. Um, he's a shooter. He's a sniper. He can take over games. I love that. Uh, Cat has made better strides defensively and is in, in general is one of the top 10, 15 most talented players in the NBA when healthy. Um, but Ant's kind of this wild card. Um, do, does How good does he truly want to be? Um, and I think his mindset's insane. And, and the way he carries himself, being such a young kid, is pretty damn cool to see. Um, and I think then the other things around is finding the supplemental things, you know, so if, if Jaden McDaniels, um, takes even a bigger step in his sophomore season, if you're able to find that five that we talked about earlier, well, now you're talking about like a really just well-rounded constructed team. And, and I think maybe like the team that you mold things after, you know, as a team like Utah or a team like Denver that doesn't maybe have a superstar around them. I mean, Jamal Murray's pretty damn good. And I love Donovan Mitchell too, but I mean, those are good rosters around those players. You know, I mean, there's only five or six really elite NBA players. And after that, there's some very, very good all-star perennial, very good players, but not really game changing players after the top six, top 10. So if you can surround your roster with good pieces around those three, yeah, I think one day uh, that you can not just be like flirting with the 10, nine or eight seed. You can hopefully return to where things were, you know, in the cage to be a top four team in the West. Um, 
those supplemental pieces right now because Cat and D'Lo are locked in, and uh, you you have to figure out a way to be competitive this year. It's it's a make or break. You're not necessarily for like Finch and Rosas, and there's pressure on them. But I mean, yeah. for Cat's happiness and for everything involved, you have to figure it out pretty damn quick. There really won't be a a buffer year right now. It's basically be at at least a ten seed, or if not, I mean, basically you're gonna have to blow up the franchise again. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, full circle could just be a constant restart over and over, which is what we're accustomed to since KG's been gone. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Ant really is the wild card in the sense that, I mean, there's a lot of Donovan Mitchell to him, and if he can achieve anything close to that, all of a sudden you're able to attract those free agents that, you know, that, that can come here and, like, to your point, be just good players. And I think, you know, Utah's done it. Milwaukee proved it can be done. And, when, you know, People might say Minneapolis doesn't have great winters, et cetera. Like if you've never been to Minneapolis, it's a great place to go out, drink, eat like great food, go to parlor burger, be the greatest burger you ever eat. Um, but like, there's a lot to do there. And it, it, like you said, if, if they can get things rolling, I mean, it's going to be a beautiful site here in the cities. Um, so I'm with you. I think it's as sustainable as, as a big three as you can ask for. I mean, those are three of the best offensive players in the league at their positions. Ant is already, I don't want to overstate that, but he's well on his way to being, you know, a top 10 two guard offensively speaking in the league, if he can continue to progress. So um, I'll hit you with this. And then I've got a bonus one that I'm going to hit you with, but dream free agent slash sign and trade target. Who is it? Uh, you know, we are kicking around some of this as well. You know, I, I like to nail Galinari. I liked him a lot more five or six years ago. Um, I think it's a realistic one. Yeah. He's owed a lot of money um, a little bit in one of these years, but I think that one's also just realistic. Um, you know, the Ben Simmons one's fun. It's fun to come up with that idea, but I don't know if they can make that work. I know Lori Markinen, who was funny enough drafted by the Wolves and obviously sent out in the, in the Jimmy Butler trade. He's fine too, but I don't think that moves the needle. Um, basically trying to find, I think like the realistic ones and if you want to get crazy, I mean, I I'm all for it, but I mean, the miles turners of the world, the Pascal Siakams, those would be guys I would definitely consider possibly trying to bring in. Um, I think that's kind of the route. You, you, unless you can figure out ways to shed more salary, and that's probably meaning moving Malik Beasley. And if you're able to do that, that's great. But then are you going to be able to fill his shooting need or shooting void that he would leave if he left the Timberwolves? So I, I think finding another big, if that's, I don't know if that's my, I think Miles Turner seems like the most logical one. I would like to see that happen. Um, but I think that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I, I love the Ben Simmons idea, but I, I just don't see how it really works with while also still keeping uh, your big three intact. If you're able to pull that off without trading your big three and only giving up draft picks and making the money work just by plugging and playing, all right. But I, I just don't really think it's going to be realistic. It'd be awesome if Ben Simmons was on the Wolves, but um, unless Gerson can pull off some type of heist, I don't really see it happening. That's fair. I never thought D'Lo would end up here, but uh, he made it happen. So I'll hold out and, and all hope uh, and I'll die on the Ben Simmons Hill. Shams reported a little bit ago that John Collins and the Hawks are nowhere close on a contract extension. Hey, yep. maybe make a call. Jaden McDaniels, that's like one of the few players I would be willing to part with Jaden yeah. McDaniels for because he'll leave and end up being better than John Collins and we'll look back and probably be upset. But um, you know, that's a guy that is a, is a tremendous asset that I'm not parting mm -hmm. with Jaden McDaniels just for some scrub. It's got to be a John Collins, Ben Simmons type. Right. Yeah, I think, and I, you know, John Collins might be a little bit more obtainable and more realistic, I should say. And yeah, he'd be awesome. If they can figure out ways to make John Collins work, um, that would be the ideal guy to go after. Um, yeah. I, I think John Collins is awesome. And that would be, that give you a really strong or uh, like to your point, 
I'm a big J Mac fan too. I think he was, I mean, he was, you can make a case. He's one of the biggest steals of last year's draft falling all the way down. He was a top 10 kid in high school, struggled at Washington. Yeah. Really provided some nice defense for the, and there's still some offensive, obviously upside to his game. Um, parting, if you part with him, you better to get like a legit star or an all-star in because I think everyone now already knows the potential that he can bring. So, yeah, if, if J-Max getting out of here, I mean, it better be at least John Collins. I mean, I, I would think a floor of that. And I would still have to be kind of sold on what else is included in the trade or be it spun by Gerson or, or even Chris Finch on why this would be the right move. But I feel you. I mean, it, unless it's bringing back a perennial all-star or arguably second or third team NBA player, a guy like Jaden McDaniels is a rookie. That would be a, that'd be a tough swallow, but it'd have to be the right guy. I agree, and I think a, a guy like Leandro Balmaro, people easily forget that he's co- probably coming over. Doogie said that a handful of times. He could really help us. I don't think he's going to be a starter right away, but if he can come off the bench and contribute in any way, I think that's a huge plus. Um, so I'll end on this one. I kind of I, I get a lot of DMs from people probably in their twenties, similar to me. I'm 28, and, and they ask me, you know, about the sports industry. I don't work in it, but they ask me about my Twitter account, et cetera. So this made me think, you know, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to ask someone that's in the industry, this question, what advice do you have to someone that's in their twenties? That's a diehard sports fan that maybe works a corporate job or does something that they don't love and aren't passionate about to get into the industry, to give them any semblance of hope that, Hey, I love Minnesota sports or whatever it is, but I don't know what to do. How do I get in? What type of advice would you give them? Yeah, I think the advice I give is, is, is two things. Uh, number one is just be consistent with your content. If, if you say you're going to do a podcast once a week, and if it's just Wednesday, that's fine. But make sure you're delivering that every Wednesday and you're making good on that promise. It's really easy to get into a habit of being comfortable. And then the moment you have to take a week off or things happen that you get, you don't do it. And then it becomes a really easy to just put it off to the side or put it on your afterburner. So basically whatever content you're going to make, just be consistent on how you want to deliver it. Um, And then the other thing is lean on other people in the industry that can help you. Um, I I, I think the thing that frustrates me the most, and I'm I'm the same age as you, dude, I'm 28 years old. Um, Obviously I, I, I went to college for this and, and I worked my ass off to get here. But at the same time, I think the thing that frustrates me, um, with people who maybe have, like you said, they're, they're obviously not full-time sports people blogging or, or, or doing a podcast is a secondary thing is they will rip the other local people yep. for what they do. And I think that is just a, such a foolish way to go about it. That does not mean you can't disagree or you can't voice an opinion. There's ways to go about it. And I think like in ripping other people who are professionals and who are, you could help and get leaned on or even use their platform and vice versa to lift to go about it it's, it's not making fun and it's not based another media outlet just because you don't agree with something just have a civil discourse have a have a conversation about that hey i don't agree with this and this, here's why instead of just being uh, basically really immature about things i think those two things being consistent and also knowing kind of your self-awareness like if, if you're a blogger if you're a podcast and you're not really obviously through a major network you you have already a leg up to get credit like you are already working your ass off to try to be credible and the last thing you should do is be ripping the credible things you can obviously disagree but i i, I think that's kind of where i would i would give advice to someone if they're trying to do this no it's great advice so anyone out there listening like don't don't you know it's never too late to start a podcast to start a twitter account to just try to get your foot in the industry reach out to people and 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 you know, don't be afraid to ask for help and, and don't be afraid, you know, if you're in a position to help someone, be willing to help. Don't be selfish, you know, treat others with respect and, and have a difference of opinion, but, but have fun with it. Don't, don't be an asshole. So, um, 
Declan, appreciate you coming on. Everyone, again, follow him on Twitter, at Dex Tweets. And, of course, I would certainly hope you listen to the Mackie and Judge show. Um, probably one of the few people I'm confident that could probably drink me under the table. The man loves his seltzers. I'm a tequila guy. I'm a tequila, and as I'm aging, I'm, I'm a wine guy now. But I'm confident you might be able to drink more than me, and that is saying a tremendous amount. Dude, dude, I mean, well, first off, seltzers and tequila are also my go-tos, so I, I feel you that. on that. And despite... I mean, I'm, I'm a scrawny looking guy. I'm 5'10", but I'm I'm a buck 40 soaking wet. Um, <laughs> and even though I have a smaller size, I can definitely put some back. But I will say I know my limit and I know when it hits and I know when to stop. Yep. Uh, that does not mean I still don't have the ramifications for those poor decisions that happen. Yes. Uh, but yes, I, I do like to throw some back. And yeah, if you're ever around Minneapolis, uh, yourself or anyone else, I, I love when people come up and say that they know who we are and I love to take a cheers with you. So by all means, thank you very much. And uh, seltzer, tequila, whatever you feel, I'm all for it. I love Absolutely. It. Appreciate it, man. Everyone drink responsibly, know your limit, reach that point and call it good. I'm the same way. I'm <laughs> 5'8", 150. So I hear you. Appreciate it, Declan. We'll talk soon. Hey, man, appreciate you. Thank you.